When it comes to the immune system, what we have realized is that it needs certain inputs from your environment to work properly. So only about um, maybe 25% of your immunity is genetically determined. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, a podcast that explores what makes us feel good to improve our mental, physical, spiritual and emotional well-being. Whether it's a dopamine hit from reaching a career goal, a rush of oxytocin from spending time with loved ones, a surge of serotonin from practicing self-care, or a fitness class to send endorphins soaring, everyone's definition of what makes us feel good is very different. Now, as we go about our daily lives, it's often hard to keep on top of everything. So we work longer hours, cut back on sleep, eat unhealthy food, and get stressed. There is one part of us, though, that's always fighting daily battles, protecting us, often silently, without much appreciation. Whilst the gut microbiome gets all the media attention, the immune system is quietly working away, protecting us and keeping us healthy. Now, I'm joined by leading immunologist Dr. Jenna Machocki, who is a chief scientific officer at Tonic, to discuss how daily life affects the immune system and what self-care practices we can put in place to help us lead happier, healthier lives. Jenna, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So what is an immunologist? So an immunologist is someone who looks at uh, the immune system, trying to understand all its various curiosities and how it works and how it pertains to our um, physical and mental health in um, daily life. Yeah, so it's different to a nutritionist. Yes, yeah. yeah. So a nutrition obviously has a huge impact on your immunity, um, but the uh, being an immunologist is focused solely on what the immune system's doing and how all these different things can affect it. Okay, awesome. So obviously I'm part of a generation where there's a lot of pressure on having it all yeah you know the career the family life especially as we approach our 30s but um that often doesn't work in practice as i found out a lot of people i know myself included have suffered burnout as a result of mm-hmm. working 100 miles per hour whilst trying to juggle social engagements so I'd, I'd be really interested to understand your opinion on this and like whether you think it works and and how we can kind of put practices in place to make sure we don't burn out yeah, I mean, as a working mum who's in this constant battle of uh, juggling career and family life, I can only empathise that um, it is a real problem, it is a reality that today's world is not really conducive to giving our bodies what we need to keep us well. And the immune system is what keeps us well. It's protecting us, um, as you said in the introduction, silently working hard all day, every day. We don't even realise it. In fact, we'll probably only acknowledge it when we get that first sniffles of um, a cold coming on and then we start grumbling about how our immune system is pretty rubbish. Um, But the immune system really needs to be taken care of. It needs to um, have the attention uh, to detail, you know, in your daily life. So when we think about self-care, it's really important to consider that your immunity is so, so important to protect us every day. And it's something that we need to acknowledge, not just when we start to get a cold or flu. And yeah, in terms of having it all, I really empathize with that. Um, and then you mentioned burnout. Um, and I'm probably start with a little story of my own. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that not that long ago, uh, I got a seasonal cold. Um, My husband did, my son did. It was winter. Um, I might add that it's actually quite normal to have one or two colds a year because, you know, we live in this germy world and they were essentially here before us. Um, So we all got this cold. I have two kids, I have twins. So one of them got the cold, the other one didn't. That's another, you know... 
um, unique aspect of our immune system that I can come back to later. But, you know, normally it takes a few days to get over a cold and then you're, you know, back to your daily life. So my husband got over the cold. My son got over the cold. My cold seemed to linger on and on. And um, I just started to kind of ignore it, thinking, oh, I'll be fine in a few days. I was still um, being mum, you know, going to work. Um, I'm a cycle commuter, so I was cycling about 10 miles a day back and forward to work. Um, I was still going to, you know, weekly gym classes. Um, I got to this stage where I was actually in denial that I still had this cold and it was getting worse and worse because I just couldn't find a time to press stop on what was my, what, how my life was set up. So it was almost too stressful to think about rescheduling all everything at work just to take time off or um, how to balance stuff with the kids. It just I couldn't even contemplate it. It would get better. It was just a cold. And this is me. I know I think it's important to say as a professional, you're still a human being and you still have these stupid things that you tell yourself, even though I should know better. Um, and it ended up that actually one day I just couldn't get out of bed. And I couldn't take my kids to nursery and my husband was traveling for work and I couldn't take care of my children. Mm. And um, I was really sick. Eventually got some friends to help me. I went to my doctor and she said, you've got mummy burnout wow. and you've got pneumonia. No. And I spent three weeks in bed and I was coughing so much. I had to get my husband to help me turn over. And it's it's Aww. so deeply embarrassing, but it's it just speaks to the fact that you know our modern lives are hard. Even if we, I wasn't striving for anything in particular. I wasn't. I was just literally doing the daily tasks that I had to juggle what my career is mm. and and having kids. And it just all got on top of me. And um, yeah. no, it's easy to do, especially when you know someone like you, very creative, got a lot going on. You know, mm-hmm. you're a lecturer, you're yeah. an author, you mm-hmm. know, a pneumologist for you know for various brands as well that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. but I mean I think your body has to take you out at some point doesn't yeah. it when you've been exactly. doing too much and yeah. I think you know people think that they're invincible that they yeah. can carry on and just you know ignore the symptoms and keep yeah. going and I think it's confusing because you have certain hormones like dopamine is one of them it, it gives you that kind of that rush it's almost yeah. like a high because it's like you've achieved a career goal and you're doing really well exactly. like keep going and it, it motivates you forward. Yeah. But then, yeah, eventually you'll crash. Exactly. And it's really easy to mask things, not only emotionally, but, you know, you can have your double espresso when you open your eyes and you're ready to go out the door in the morning. Even if the first few seconds after waking, you're actually just feeling like you've been hit by a bus, you know, mm. and we are not very intuitive with listening to our bodies anymore. I think this is really living in this fast paced world. Mm. We don't ever stop to think, what does my body need right now? Mm. And we we get a lot of messages about what we should do to be healthy. So you should walk 10,000 steps a day. You should eat your five vegetables or more a day. You know, all of these things We're we're almost in this framework. We must do this, must do that. But actually, is that what your body needs right now? Does it need you to walk 10,000 steps a day mm. and do that gym class and like rush to work and back? And, you know, all these micro stresses you have where your mm. phone is pinging with emails every um you know, a few minutes, um, taking your attention here and there. And mm. it's really not um, conducive for good health. And I think when it comes to the immune system, what we have realized is that it needs certain inputs from your environment to work properly. So only about um, maybe 25% of your immunity is genetically determined. So you inherit a certain um 
set of immunity genes from your parents, but the rest is shaped from the moment you're born. So it's immunity is something that's made, not born. Mm-hmm. And it needs these inputs from our environment to, um, to develop correctly and robustly. And our modern environments are not giving these inputs that we need anymore. It's mm, really interesting. And you mentioned coffee earlier. Do you think that coffee is kind of bad in a way at masking those underlying symptoms? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't personally drink too much coffee but when I got really sick I was you know just if I could have a coffee it would keep me going for another few hours and I could get all the stuff done that I thought I needed to do mm-hmm. um, and now I I do every January I don't drink any coffee for the whole month mm-hmm. and it just kind of resets my um, tolerance for caffeine which is really useful because I'm more in tune with gauging when I've had too much and Mm. that caffeination feeling where you're really jittery and I am quite sensitive to that and I'm a person that's kind of naturally go 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 anyway so Mm. it's just kind of actually that's not helpful for me right now so um, I'm not just going to default reach for the really strong coffee in the morning Mm. um, because intuitively I know that that's not um, the best for my body. Yeah, it's funny. When I was pregnant, I obviously like, stopped drinking caffeine, mm-hmm. alcohol, those things. And then I've reintroduced them slowly. Now I've had the baby and I can tell I'm actually a bit allergic to coffee, I think, because it affects, well, caffeine yeah. in general. Even having a cup of tea now, I can really feel the feel caffeine. It. Yeah, yeah. And, like quite jittery. And it's, it's really interesting because it wouldn't have touched the sides before. You know, yeah. maybe like a double <laughs> shot of coffee. You know. mm-hmm. um, but, you know, my, my business partner can have like three coffees and be absolutely mm-hmm. fine. So yeah. everyone's very different. Yeah, exactly. We're all really unique and, and some people are fat metabolizers of caffeine and some aren't so Mm. yeah this is um yeah just about really listening in and and taking a step back there's never a time to pause in our busy lives and Mm. think about what we're doing small things like making a coffee in the morning how that's really serving us Mm. so i touched on pregnancy there so i'm really interested to hear your experience you you're obviously a mother of Mm -hmm. twins yeah um so how did you take care of your body when you were pregnant um, when I was pregnant, I was yeah, really vigilant about what what I was eating. Um, obviously, in my line of work, I've actually done a lot of research on nutrition and immunity. So I've got a lot of due diligence about what I needed to do. But um, I moved my body every day. So I kept cycling um, to work until the very latter stages. And then the lots of long walks, lots of pregnancy yoga, mm-hmm. lots of movement. I had um, hypermesis, so I was throwing up till almost the end. Oh, um, yeah. And I just kind of got used to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was so overjoyed to be pregnant that I was like, I'll just get through anything. Yeah. I also had pregnancy insomnia, so mm-hmm. I made sure that I would just rest when I needed to, lots of naps, which is something I never do. As a person who's like really go, 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 I never yeah. was one to take naps. So. And any supplementation or anything like that? Um, Omega-3 fish oils was really Mm. important. Um, Folic acids in the folate form I always took. Mm. Um, And uh, just keeping on top of vitamin D levels as well. I think those are the kind of core fundamental ones Mm. um, that people need to be aware of. Yeah. And why is it so important for women, obviously, not to have antibiotics when they're pregnant? Um, I think it's, there's a lot we don't know about antibiotics. I think um, it's affecting the microbiome as well. Mm. And the microbiome is what the baby is first seeded with by the mother. Mm. So we inherit a certain set of these good germs from the mother. Mm. And this uh, then goes on to develop into our own microbiome. And we now know that the microbiome is actually the biggest teacher of the immune system, particularly mm. in the first um, three to five years of life. Mm. Uh, so getting the right set of good bugs from the mother is important and then those bugs feed off specific uh, 
little complex carbohydrates that are found in breast milk to really bring them and make them flourish and give you a diverse microbiome, which is then going to give you a really robust, healthy immune system. That is really interesting. It's funny, I'm a caesarean baby and I went to see a homeopath once when I had a bit of um, you know bad skin and she mm-hmm. said the issue is because you didn't pass through your mother's gut flora. And I wondered like, <laughs> as an immunologist, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think perhaps the, the way she said it sounds a bit woo, but yeah. there's probably a... a, a maybe a drop of scientific truth in it in that we do now know that um, getting the right set of bugs uh, happens when the baby passes through the mother's um, vagina uh, during birth and when babies are born sized by cesarean they have a very different um, flora of bacteria that they seem to um, foster after birth. Mm. We also know that breast milk is perhaps maybe more important than mode of birth so Mm. it's not just about how you were delivered, um, and then everything else that's going on in the first few years of life, so where you're living, what you're exposed to, um, mm. and that kind of thing. So we know enough to know that babies born by cesarean have a slightly higher risk of things like allergies and eczema mm. and certain other um, conditions. But what we don't know enough is to say, well, if you had a cesarean, that's definitely why you have allergies because they're complex conditions that have a lot of different things going on in them. So they're still mm. teasing out the details of yeah. this. And it's also really important for women to have flu jabs when they're pregnant, isn't that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in order for your body to accept a pregnancy, which is genetically partly different from you because it contains um, the DNA from the father and your immune system is actually designed to reject things that are not you. Mm. Um, Your immunity is slightly suppressed when you're pregnant. So people who have underlying inflammatory or immune conditions might actually see the symptoms get better while they're pregnant. But it does mean that you're more open to infection. So things like the flu jab are encouraged. Yeah, cool. So thinking about self-care, so what are some practices that we can put in place to kind of boost our well-being, whether it's taking supplements getting a better night's sleep Mm because these sorts of things especially sleep affect our levels of serotonin which is you know it is really I mean 90% is made in the gut so Mm -hmm. that kind of mind-gut connection is super important yeah I think um, you hit the nail on the head with sleep Mm -hmm. that would be not even the fundamental that is like the foundation upon which everything else should be built Um, and you know we're still in January we're still in peak cold and flu season Mm -hmm. Um, and when I remember back to before I got pneumonia I was so stressed thinking about all the tasks I had on I would wake in the middle of the night and just be like my mind whirring away Mm. and I wouldn't ever be able to go back to sleep so I'd just be then awake from four in the morning and and then you're going about your daily tasks Mm. and I think that had a huge part to do with me getting so sick Mm. and we do know that there's these specialized um immune cells that are called natural killer cells and these are one of our first line defense against the cold and flu viruses that are so prevalent in winter Mm. Um, and we know that just one bad night's sleep can make the numbers of these cells plummet by it's like 70 percent so you wake up the next morning and you're walking to work or you're on the tube or you're mixing with lots of people breathing lots of these germs Mm. and you're already more vulnerable to getting sick because you've had a bad night's sleep so Mm. it doesn't matter if you're eating all the right things you know take 
taking all the supplements, you really have to get the the sleep in place first. And by that, do you mean kind of eight hours a night? Ideally? I think it yeah maybe varies for different people. I mm. think what we have to pay attention to is quality. So we want to really be aiming between seven and nine hours. But if you think about when you get into bed, you're not asleep straight away. So you need to maybe be in bed longer than that to you know make sure that you're getting at least seven to nine hours. And if you um, if you sort of my mind just no, <laughs> trailed off um, and you have to think about quality so you have to think about um, w- you know where are you waking up in the night uh, several times did it take mm-hmm. you a long time to go back to sleep so we're really thinking about the quality of sleep and the quantity of sleep that we're getting mm. and foods affect our sleep as well in terms of, and, and our immune system in general yes exactly yeah. so nutrition has a huge part to play in mm. our immune system and it's um i think particularly these days where we have busy lives as we as we've discussed mm. but often a lot of people um i'm sure you know they're 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 training in the gym and they're training hard mm. like just recreationally for fun but probably on top of a busy life load mm. on top of you know a long commute or uh, stressful days running around and so our needs go up for um, all of the things that our body is needing from our nutrition. Mm. So we might have a heightened requirement for certain vitamins and minerals if we have a particularly busy, particularly stressful life. Mm. I'm interested to hear your um, opinion on the, the mind-gut connection as well. So obviously, you know, because serotonin is like our, our happy hormone. Yeah. And why, why do we produce so much in our gut? Like, why, why is it called the second brain? Because there's so many nerves in the gut Mm. and there's a direct line of communication, nervous cell communication between the brain and the gut. Mm. So there's um, not only uh, the the vagus nerve, have you heard of the vagus nerve? So this is the big one that's kind of involved in... um, relaxing us and um, the the sort of anti-fight or flight. Um, mm. It's also got a huge anti-inflammatory uh, component. So the vagus nerve is really important in this inflammatory reflex, it's called. So it's mm. kind of when you have an immune response mounted, so you, you get sick with a cold virus, for example, you've got a lot of inflammation going on as your body is trying to fight off that virus. And then at the end of it, when your body's conquered the virus and it's gone, you mm. need to resolve that. And this inflammatory reflex through the, the vagus nerve, which is innervating the gut and many other um, organs in the body is really important for calming things down and bringing it back to normal. Yeah. And then in terms of like chasing after that endorphin rush, we talked about people kind of caning it at the gym to kind of get their yeah. eyes, which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty. I love a spin class to wake up in the morning yeah. and, you know, hit class to get the strength going. But at the same time, endorphins is basically pain, right? With a masking pain. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, people get a little bit carried away, I think, by, you know, wanting to pursue that when in fact they're kind of yeah. neglecting their, their body's physical needs. You know, they could be masking an injury. Yeah. Um, but there are some really amazing things that are out there at the moment, like the Wim Hof method, mm-hmm. which is kind of like immersing yourself in very icy water yeah. and doing like breathing techniques yeah. and cold uh, water swimming. Yeah. People are doing it even now in January. Um, and these activities are shown to have a huge um factor on the immune system but also to get that endorphin rush it's kind of like a win-win yeah um i'd be interested to hear your opinion on that yeah so i mean being uh, someone who lives in brighton mm. cold water swimming is really big right now there's mm. always people out in the sea um and you know when i say swimming if i ever go it's literally like a few minutes in the yeah. cold water because <laughs> that's <laughs> all i can punch. take that's all you need right but yeah. i think it's it's if we think about it like this so stress is um something that 
uh, can be good in small doses. It can mm. get us out of a sticky situation. It gives us that get up and go to, you know, jump out of bed in the morning or get excited for something. Mm. Um, but stress is redirecting a lot of your body's resources to putting your energy into that. So running away from something or getting to where you need to be or doing something under pressure. Um, and so it's kind of taking away resources from your immune system because it puts that on the back burner. It's like, you know, i got to run for this bus so I can get to my meeting and meet this deadline. I don't really need to be worrying about fighting my head cold right now. So I'll kind of mm -hmm. like dial down the immune system while I'm, you know, doing this task that's got an immediate need. Mm -hmm. Um and over time, this can actually uh, suppress your immunity. And there's actually ways that you can beneficially stress your body that actually is helpful. So things like getting in cold water. It's a stress. Mm -hmm. It has a similar um, physiological reaction as other kind of more negatively uh, uh, negative stresses. But um, it can actually help buffer those negative stresses. So build mm. up your stress resilience, um, which I think is really important. So it's almost by putting yourself through measured stressful uh, events, like getting into the cold sea in January mm. and spending a few minutes in there can actually help you buffer other stresses in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really cool is that we know from studying um, sea swimmers is that... Um, um, spending time in cold water uh, regularly, so once or twice a week, cold water mm -hmm. swimming um, can actually improve the uh, number and function of the immune cells in your body. Yeah. So it's uh, been shown that regular sea swimmers uh, have better defences against viruses. They're less likely to get sick in winter and that kind of thing. So definitely something in it, yeah. yeah. And what about working out when we're ill? Like, Should we do it or is that an absolute no-no? So I think this is a, a really interesting one. It's a, a real um, great area. Uh, I think we have to consider that exercise is a stress on our body. And mm -hmm. as I just mentioned, stress can be a good stress or it can be a bad stress. And equally with exercise, it can be good and it can also be negative. Mm -hmm. So we know from studying uh, athletes that when they have a really heavy training schedule or if they're training under low carbohydrate diets mm -hmm. um, or in a fasted state, the stress on your body is actually much higher. So the physiological stress response is much higher. And so the suppression of the immune system following that mm -hmm. is also increased. So there's a lot of studies that have shown that athletes who are training really hard have an increased risk of getting um, colds and flus and these kind of respiratory viruses. Mm, that's amazing. So I think that people need to consider that if they have a busy life, stressful job, you know, the life load is there, it's mm. weighing on them, and then they're going and hammering it at the gym several times a week, mm. that this might be the reason why they feel like they can never get rid of their cold. Mm. And yes, exercise is healthy and being a kind of like athlete for longevity so being a regular participant in moderate levels of exercise is really good for immunity but there's a point where that can tip over and be actually bad for your immunity and mm. suppress your immune system leave you open to all those colds and flus that we don't want to get Mm. Isn't there a link between vitamin C and performance as well in athletes? Yeah, definitely. So there's sort of uh, emerging evidence that taking vitamin C when you get sick is helpful for helping your recovery because mm. vitamin C is a key nutrient that our immune system needs mm. to fight all those uh, viruses and bacteria off. And um, it's also a key nutrient that helps build and repair all of our tissues. So it works together with collagen. So if you're working out in the gym, you're you're causing micro damages to your tissues and then 
vitamin C is really important to repair that. So they have found that particularly in athletes or people who have very stressful, busy lives, taking vitamin C um, when you get sick can uh, help with your recovery. Wow, that's fascinating. It's the co-worker coughing next to you, the child who brings sniffles home from school and the guy on the train who just sneezed without covering his mouth. There's no doubt about it, winter is out to get you and sometimes all we need is to help our immune system to fight back naturally. That's why we've partnered with Tonic Health to give you powerful plant extracts, high impact doses of vitamin C and D with zinc to help your immune system this winter, all in a delicious steaming cup of not putting up with this. Winter's the worst, but you can weather it with our exclusive dose listener offer with 25% off all products at www.tonichealth.co. Just use the code DOSE25 at the checkout. And the last one, can you work out when you're hungover? <laughs> I wasn't expecting no, that question. <laughs> just because it's one of those things where some people can wake up and feel obviously because they're still yeah. probably a little bit under the influence quite quite perky and yeah. I'll go for a run to like sweat it out whereas some people obviously wouldn't want to emerge yeah. from the covers <laughs> I actually used to fall into the first lot I mean I used to get up and, and kind of do circuits of Hyde Park very kind of like hyper. Yeah, yeah. as I'm getting older like I, I've lost that but um, but yeah I'm just interested to know because I, I think it's probably not the, the best thing we can do right because we're dehydrated anyway yeah exactly I would yeah. say I fall into the latter category yeah. if I have a hangover I'm yeah. not up running first thing in the morning yeah. perhaps maybe 10 years ago yeah. I was but... yeah I'm talking about my 20s for sure yeah yeah but I think yeah you're dehydrated yeah. Um, your uh, body is still removing the alcohol which is effectively a, a poison as it's breaking it down so it can mm. make, give you all those kind of um, uncomfortable symptoms that you get with a hangover. Mm. Um, uh, but I think what can be useful is walking. So um, the lymphatic system, is they're kind of like the super highway vessels that your immune system uses. It's a bit like your circulatory system, but it doesn't mm. have the heart to pump it. It's, it's kind of an open system that needs movement to move the lymph fluid. Mm. And when you're feeling a bit like inflamed and uncomfortable from a night um, or having too much alcohol, I think a really good you know, power walk, get the blood moving. It can really help with, um, you know, shifting stuff around and, and the lymphatics filter straight into the liver and the liver is obviously the organ that's going to get rid of all of the toxins from the alcohol in the night before. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit of fresh air as well probably can't ha- yeah, hurt. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, when I used to live in London, I used to go to a lot of these classes and, mm-hmm. you know, r- rush about. But since I've moved to Devon, I'm not doing such crazy classes, but I'm walking every day. I've got a dog. Yeah. Um, and I'm just feeling like the healthiest I've ever felt even though I'm yeah. not kind of like doing as much fitness I think yeah it's, it's, I mean it's actually quite easy to be sedentary mm. um, and then you know go to the gym at the end of the day after you've sat all day and like mm. we now know that that's not actually the healthiest way to do it you might be like you know tick I've been to the gym I've done my spin class did a bit of weights did a you know a hit class whatever mm. but you spent the whole day sitting at your desk and driving to work and then you know sitting at home mm. um, and actually it's it's trying to move all day long and I think that's something I had to learn as a mum mm. so a little side note I, I actually had a bit of a crisis in confidence after I gave birth to the twins and I thought I can never go back to work no one's ever going to take me seriously I've just been mm. sitting at home with these babies and I retrained as a fitness instructor because I'd oh. always loved exercise and I've always done um, exercise my whole life yeah. um, and I focused on pre and postnatal fitness I was training um uh, women when they're pregnant mm. and um, after they had given birth mm. and um, totally forgot where I was going with this no, it's fine <laughs> I'm trying to think of the link what did you um, say about exercise and 
Oh. I had a, I had a real point, and it's like oh sorry, no, escaped me. Think. So what did we say? Me, me moving to Devon was that it? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So then now as a mum, so I've obviously found my path back to um, working with with um, working within immunology. But uh, as a mum, I, I just don't have the time to go to the gym when I'd want, and I want to mm. really be there for my kids. So I'm like rushing back from work to pick them up from school, yeah. and um, I've just had to turn my day into an excuse to move. So mm. I know that I can't make the gym this week, so. I will just take every flight of stairs I can. I yeah. will walk where I can. I cycle to work um, when I can, you know, like all weathers. Mm. Um, I get down and squat with my kids because they just naturally do that anyway. Mm. Or, you know, if we're in the park, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have a go on the monkey bars, um, even mm. though I look like an idiot. But, you know, I otherwise I might get to the end of the day and I've hardly moved and I'm just too tired because I've been up since five to even consider then doing something even like a home workout so I yeah. think you just have to hack your day to move and realize that's enough yeah. moving your body all day long is enough it doesn't have to be um, specific uh, you know fitness classes particularly the ones that are really intense yeah. uh, if you have a busy life unless and you have specific goals yeah and your body will tell you right like mm-hmm. the other day I was meant to go to my standard fitness class which I you know it's a real kind of sacred time because my little one's in nursery yeah. but that particular day I just didn't feel like it and I went yeah. for a walk instead but that was because of this gut connection thing which I yeah. seem to be really in touch with now yeah I think since cutting out like the caffeine and stuff like that yeah. like I have a very strong connection it just yeah. kind of tells me what to do I think if we just have that space to press Mm. pause then we can reconnect with our intuition and it's all you know centered around the gut the gut feeling um but it's just making time to 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 let ourselves pause when we're on this treadmill of life yeah so when we're actually sick Mm -hmm. suffering from an illness what what should we actually do yeah i think um that's a really good question i think as i've touched on earlier you know, it's quite normal to get a couple of colds every year. And there are certain things like getting a good night's sleep that we can do to avoid getting a cold or flu. Um, But what happens when we actually get it? What should we do? Mm. And I think this is where, for me, um, the beauty of the immune system comes alive, that our brain and our immune system are talking to each other. So they share this common biochemical language where Mm. the neurotransmitters in our brain actually have receptors on our immune cells and vice versa. So there's Mm. a a clear um, physiological communication between the two. And I'm sure if you've ever had a really horrible cold or flu, like how do you feel? What do you feel like doing? Mm. Curling up in bed. Yeah, curling up in bed. You want to socially withdraw. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to run around. You don't want to do any of your normal things Mm. and why is your brain doing that it's because your immune system the cells of your immune system are producing specific molecules Mm. that are acting on your brain and adjusting your behavior so your immune system is almost like a sixth sense it's trying to protect you by telling your brain to change your behavior stay at home take some rest take some time off Mm. um don't go to work this is the quickest route to recovery and this is where we all fall into the trap of like oh my god it's only a cold like I did mm. we we have to rush you know into work we'll get through it actually by listening to your body and taking that time off that's going to make you get well quicker mm. um, and I always think of my husband despite my job and everything I try and tell him well, as soon as he gets a cold and he commutes um, quite far every day he's off to the pharmacy and he's buying like every 
over-the-counter medication thing that they they will sell him to like mask his symptoms so Mm -hmm. he can just carry on and then like a week later when he's still got the cold um, he's like oh it didn't work none of it cured me and it's Mm -hmm. like well no it's not there to cure you the symptoms are your immune system fighting the infection the Mm -hmm. symptoms are not because of the infection itself so by taking all these decongestants and cold and flu medicines that you see in the pharmacy they're just suppressing your immune system from doing its job plus Mm -hmm. then you thinking that you can still carry on as normal because they they make you feel better temporarily Mm. um, actually will just make you sicker for longer so what you should really do is take time off work and I know Mm. this is easier said than done so Mm. it really comes from a place of I know I've been there take that one day off work maybe that's one one or two days is all you need Mm. get a nice comforting hot drink get some vitamin C and use zinc has also been shown to shorten the duration of colds. Mm. Um, it's not a supplement you need to take all the time, but just when you um, do get sick. Um, and there's something quite comforting about having a hot drink. Mm. Uh, it also can help ease congestion. And yeah, just take it easy. Take care of yourself. Listen to what your body is telling you. Mm. It's interesting. We talked about the, the mind-gut connection before. And mm-hmm. funny, there's a massage therapist once that said my solar plexus was really out of whack and to mm-hmm. hug a mug. Oh. <laughs> so like keeping like a hot brew like yeah. on the area just to calm. And it really helps to like, calm calm the nervous system yeah. down just from holding it there yeah yeah bring awareness yeah. to that um, part of your body and yeah, yeah send uh, a signal to your brain that it's okay to relax and yeah. let go yeah so as well as being an immunologist you're a lecturer is that right yes that's yeah. correct yeah so I've done at the University of Sussex yeah and an author yeah, soon to be author. author. When yeah. can I officially say that? That's the question I've been asking myself. Yeah, yeah so I've recently written a book. Um, so I started seeing a lot of people talking a lot of nonsense about the immune system and it kind of started to annoy me mm. um, a little bit. Uh, so I started a little Instagram where I kind of talk about not just being a mum, but immunity and all things relating to my um, profession. And from that, it kind of grew and grew. And now I've just uh, fi- finished my first book, which is coming out in April with HarperCollins. And it's called Immunity, the Science of Staying Well. So it's basically a kind of handbook guide to your immune system and how to be well in a modern world. And it covers immunity from uh, cradle to grave, so how it's changing throughout our life. Um, It looks at the microbiome and how that's important for teaching your immunity. And we also have chapters on sleep, seasonality, circadian rhythms, mental health, movement and nutrition. So it's kind of taking that whole 360 approach to well-being and how it pertains to your immune system. So hopefully um, some interesting information in there for people. Sounds awesome. I can't wait to get my coffee. (laughs) Well, Jenna, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. And you're off to Brighton now, is that right? Yeah, back off to Brighton, back to do the school run. So (laughs) you too. Thank you. Bye. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.